guys, Mike Crockett back here with episode two of our new series, WPAN The Interviews. So I've been asked recently about the status of Brian Malonis and Brian Fury when it comes to this podcast, and will we hear from them at all? Well, I can't promise anything, but I will say, stay tuned to our social media this week. Now, you didn't unfollow us, did you? Well, make sure... You like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, we are at the WPAN, also search for us on YouTube and subscribe, and be on the lookout, that's all I'll say. Now let's talk about WrestleMania for a second. They announced last week it's going to be taking place at the Performance Center, much like all of WWE's recent programming. Now I don't really agree with this call at all, let's just delay the thing, do it say in Boston's to the SummerSlam? but I guess they just want to get it done and move on, apparently. So I'll move on and say, yes, the Performance Center is the home of the Showcase of the Immortals this year. And when it came to who to hear from this week, I decided we'd replay an interview from someone who was at the PC on the day it opened. In 2016, Brian Malonis and I talked to Max Bauer, a longtime New England talent who was signed by WWE in 2012. Much like last week with Ivar, we came up with Max, and we get really deep into his story and his struggles, how he got to WWE, and what eventually caused him to leave. Now, I think this is really kind of an unsung podcast. People kind of tend to overlook this one, but really, there's some really great stuff in here. I really hope you stick around and check it out. We talk about the beginnings of NXT and his impressions of the Performance Center when it opened in July of 2013. Also, like last week, this was originally presented in two parts. But we've got the whole deal here for you today. So let's get right into it. From August of 2016, our talk with Max Bauer, known in WWE NXT as Axel slash Mickey Keegan, on WPAN, The Interviews. Brian, now here's the point in the podcast where I uh, use those three little words. What what, What are those three little words, Mike? Very special guest. Oh. We have a very special guest here today. Super special, I'd on say. On the wrestling podcast about nothing. Oh, no, you're special. <laughs> your, a, mom, your mom told us that you're very special. He's a special kind of fella. He was once known as the Mohawked Enforcer. Sure was. I wonder if I still have that t-shirt somewhere. He is once known as Double Tough. Twice as tough as a regular tough. Well, he was Double Tough till he ran into the kinkpin. He was the Tower of Power? No? Okay. Uh, former NECW Triple Crown Champion of the world. Uh, he was a former WWE NXT superstar, formerly known as Axel Keegan, formerly known as Mickey Keegan. And to us, he's known as... Max Von Bauer. <laughs> yes. No? No? Or, Max, or, or just Max Bauer. Max Bauer. Let's go with Max Bauer. Max Bauer is here with us on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Welcome to the program. Wow, that was terrifying. I legitimately thought you were both going to say Max Tampax. <laughs> oh, I was going to no, get into no. that. I was going to get into that. To maybe, maybe, maybe we'll talk about Max and T later, though. Max and T. <laughs> it's everyone's favorite it's a, dessert. It's, it's nice. All right, so we got Max here. He's a, a wealth of wrestling knowledge, is he not? <laughs> I, I'd say <laughs> sorry. I, I'd say more a fountain of misinformation. <laughs> Let's start uh, at the top as we usually do, Brian. How did you meet? The one and only Max. Well, I got to tell you, Mike, I knew from the first time I saw this guy walk into the chaotic <laughs> training center, big things were in store for him. I said, look at that guy right there. That guy God. is going to be... 
<laughs> that, that guy in a, the sleeveless t-shirt and and basketball pit, uh, basketball shorts with the uh, not so flattering uh, physical condition. I don't. I don't really remember. Like God, I, don't, I know this is so uplifting. I don't remember your first day or anything. I remember in the beginning, maybe not like not as hating each other or anything, but. Some discourse here and there between us or whatever. You were yelled mad at, at me. Yeah, you yelled at me. <laughs> I yelled at you know a time or two. You were. Ma- I, I don't remember what it was, but you were definitely upset with I me. You, I, like you yeah butted me or something, and I got really mad about. Oh it. yeah, you got really upset about so it. Were you teaching at the school at the time, or you were just the like, more of the more affectionate um, students? Yeah, this was more when I think um, like me and Handsome would kind of do more like the newbie type stuff like with the with the real beginners while hollow worked with more of the advanced students maybe your memory's a little better than mine of this i think that's kind of what the setup was at that point um no, i don't remember you know um I, I don't remember us ever like hating each other or anything I, I don't think we became like actual friends friends until a little bit later on yeah but you know i don't remember there being there's nothing sticks out other than the one time i think i really <laughs> really yelled at you i just remember my first day at the chaotic training center at the ctc yes. formerly known as um we did lockups, and I locked up with you for a while. And the next day, I had the biggest bruise on my collarbone. Um, <laughs> what are you trying to say? I mean, whatever. Crowbar. Learn how to work, kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I vivid for whatever reason, I just remember that because then I think that well, maybe it was the first day, and then the second day, maybe we did more lockups, and maybe I already had a bruise, something like that, and you were hitting it, or I don't remember. But that was the day I started to hate you. So you know, wow, <laughs> fond, fond memories. And it's oh, sti- very nice. It sticks with you to this day. Yeah, it's a young seventeen-year-old lad. <laughs> yeah. So were you? You were in Tough college, love. right? At the no, time. I was in high school. You were still in high school when you started. I was in high school. Me and some kitty and called. Yes. Uh, uh, which uh, like another... four people will get that joke. Right. Maybe five. Some kitty and call will get it. He right. listens. He follows my career still. All right. Todd Sinclair is a, is an rabid fan of the wrestling podcast about nothing, so he'll be. Oh, he sure is. Yes. Fully doubt that. Well, come no, on. He really is. Listens to every episode. Say hi. Oh, really? Say hi to Fat Pants. Hey, Fat Pants. <laughs> I'm coming over. Uh, we're gonna play some uh, rock band. So you know, just be ready. Get the VHSs out. So you and some kitty and called were uh, attending as high schoolers. The uh, yes. CTC. It must have been my senior year. Uh, it was one of the two day. Uh, boot camp. Oh. It was my first day, some kid Ian's first day, and close to his last, Tommaso's first day. Wow. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa, you mean? Uh, Chasso Ciampa. Yeah, uh, he hates that. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, Tommy Cutler's first day. <laughs> it, <laughs> so uh, you were savoring the flavor. <laughs> I think that Chase had started like that week, but not at that camp. Big Gulp? Big Gulp, yep. Yeah. Big Gulp started. Chase Del Monte. Um, maybe the the Logans were there, pretty brand new, right? Something like that. They, yeah, they come from like another kind of backyard sort of <laughs> yeah. promotion. Fed. So, so you talked about uh, your your first name in the wrestling business. You were uh, christened as as Max Tampax. Now. If, if I were a betting man, I would say that uh, it was a handsome Johnny creation. <laughs> but I, I, that's what I put my money on. I don't how, personally remember. How'd that come about? Do you know? You would actually both be wrong. Oh! It was... God, I hope it wasn't me. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was... I think it was Fat Pants, actually. Really? It was either Fat Pants or Dukes. Dukes loved it. He thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. But I think it was Fat Pants. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Huh. Right, yeah. so. No, no, handsome. Handsome was still pretty new at Chaotic, I think, or newer. Like he had only been there for like six months or a year, maybe. Okay, so he wasn't in full handsome mode yet. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how that goes. 
Actually, we all don't, but like us three do. So we'll yeah, laugh your at nickname it. probably would have been like, "Oh, hey, fat shit face." Yeah, <laughs> you just ripped my T-shirt and, and called me disparaging names to like quit the business. Well, speaking of T-shirts, I, I remember your first match was a very uh, unique situation uh, outdoors. Poncho at a at, oh. at a uh, campground. That was your first no, match. No, it was a fucking gun. Can I swear? I'm so yeah, sorry. Yes, okay, please, good. Please, go. uh, I just, yeah, please, I, please do. <laughs> please. Indulge. Yeah, it was a fucking gun club. Does everyone remember that? Oh, yeah. The Smoking Princesses. Oh, I don't know what the names are. Skunk Skunk O'Malley. I just uh, remember telling my parents, like, yeah, I'm having my first match. You guys should come. And they're like, where is it? And I was like, it's like Worcester or something like that. But it was like the Worcester Gun Club. Yeah, we were off by like by the pond. Yeah, and, uh, yeah there was like there was like di- there was like these women dressed. It was like some sort of I think it was like a fundraiser for like the American Cancer Society. More like a gun raiser. <laughs> uh, I still got it. And, uh, <laughs> and there were these like they had these girls dressed as like Disney princesses, and they were all standing around the pond like just smoking cigarettes, ripping butts. <laughs> no, with as Disney princesses do. And there's a guy fishing uh, into the pond while uh, we're in the ring wrestling. Psycho, stuff. psycho, third degree burns on his yes, feet. Yes, yes, I was gonna talk about that. A warm day, the canvas was scorching hot, and mm. uh, this one wrestler that we know, a good friend of ours, Psycho, is bare- barefoot in the ring, and he literally scorching like ah 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 ah. So he would he is a tag team match you were in, you and uh, yep. Tony Omega against uh, Pretty Psycho, I believe. Yep. And Psycho would st- was standing on the bottom rope rather than stand on the apron and actually be on the canvas. It was so yeah terribly hot. Yeah, I remember that vividly. Oddly. So that was that was your first match, but um, and you that match you wore like blue singlet, did you, or was it the uh, Omega security outfit? I might have worn the shirt out, but right. I definitely wrestled in the blue singlet. Oh, okay, so when you actually were given a character and a, a gimmick, you were. I don't know if you were forced, but you were put in dress clothes. You were wear you would wear a button down shirt and slacks, if you will. I don't use that word very often, but I think I would qualify those as slacks. They were my wrestling trousers. Yes. And how did you feel about uh, being in this getup? You know, it's funny because the person who was most offended was actually Chase, uh, <laughs> which was funny <laughs> to me. I didn't like it, but it was one of those things where I was really kind of just like, I wanted to be on shows and I wanted to right. wrestle. So the most important thing to me was to be able to like get in the ring in front of a group of human beings and set up just like class. So I didn't really care. I mean, I was with Arch, who was like a great character, and Tommaso, who was just kind of like starting his whole deal. And so, you know, it was, again, not preferable, but like Jamie paid for it. So whatever, it's fine. So how was it working with Arch and Tommaso? We've talked about uh, Arch in recent episodes. So his uh, yeah, good old Arch, his lunacy. Malone's favorite person. <laughs> good old Arch. I already, I already put. I already said it on here that I don't really care for him all that much. Oh, don't worry. I wasn't like covering up for so. you. I think that's hinting enough. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, he's. I mean, he was he was like Arch was like the veteran, and you and Tommaso yep. were almost brand new. So he yeah. that was his role to kind of bring you guys along. Yeah, there's a there's a guy you want to put people oh, under on, his wing. Come on, oh, well, I mean, so like for better or worse, he was a like, good. He was a good professional wrestler and a good performer. Was, overall. Yeah, he was good, a very performer. good performer. He was a he was a fun and interesting human being. I think for me, he kind of disarmed the the worry of like your first few matches, mainly because he just was so not connected to the physical sport of wrestling. He was very much connected to like the character, so. 
he didn't really care about what we do in the ring all that much. And his ideas were usually kind of like, I think, I think when I'm on the apron, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna walk down to the other side and put my foot up. Is that, is that good? And I, I, Arch, I literally couldn't give a shit less. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, I wouldn't say that, obviously, but it was like, you were like, that's very good. I like yeah, that a lot. That's genius. <laughs> I would never have thought of that because I'm sane. <laughs> you know? But so for me, it was good because he took me out of, I need to have a good match. I need to have a good match. I mean, you know, we were all very trained very diligently and specifically. So it was almost seen as a right and wrong as opposed to, you know, trying different things and experimenting. Mm -hmm. So it was good, I think, for me to kind of just force myself to be in the moment with him, allow kind of whatever silliness he ended up wanting to do and trying to be able to react to that. So, you know, I think at the end of it all, he, again, he's probably not going to teach me the difference, the finer techniques of wrestling, but entertainment and showmanship he was a very unique talent oh yeah i mean to be clear my my dislike of him has very much very little to do with his in-ring uh he's extremely personal is <laughs> just more along the lines of his wretched personality outside of the ring oh come on and tomaso this is kind of the uh start i mean you guys maintain a relationship to this day so how, how did you feel about working with tomaso at this time uh i mean you know Dirtbag, <laughs> carny scum. No, uh, yeah. I mean, we 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 bonded pretty quickly as new kids tend to do. I mean, you know, when you don't right. really have a place, um, you kind of just start finding the other person without a place, and you're like, well, now we're here together. That's weird. Um, but you know, like I think like our personalities are are, are complementary, although very different. Um, you know, we're actually very very close still. I mean, you know, we're we're probably one of my closest friends in the business still. Um, you know, it, it was just one of those things. I think it was a, a circumstantial thing, but it was also right. You know, I think we probably never would have met each other otherwise, but the fact that we did was great because just beyond wrestling, you know, I mean, um, we're just very good friends. You know, he's a good dude. So what about big business? Let's, let's get into that a little ah, bit. Uh, big business was good. So Brian Malonis and, uh, Max Bauer found their way uh, together with Alex Arion, another person who's a good friend of both of you. Cherry Payne. And myself as well. Yeah, Cherry Payne. Oh, what were your thoughts about uh, being a part of this faction in Chaotic Wrestling? I thought it was a blast. I mean, I was very excited to do something different than what Arch and T. Um, this, I don't even remember why it happened, but it was one of those things where... Arch was like leaving and then like... Sure. And then he like kind of... I don't know. I think the whole story was he brokered a deal to like bring me and Cherry Payne into the intellectual properties. Then he kind of disappeared and the four of us were left together, I think is kind of how the whole deal went. Wrestling historian, Brian. Wow. Lewis. Wow. It's about me, so I remember. <laughs> Fair enough. In all fairness, it was about me too, and I don't remember it, so whatever. Uh, but that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I mean, again, I think for me, Alex brought a very different perspective. Same, you know, the same as Arch, right? I mean, so me and Malonis, you know, came up in the same group together, so we had a lot of similar mindsets. Not about everything necessarily, but I think, you know, we, we had certainly some commonalities. I think what Alex offered was just like a very different perspective. Again, when you look at Arch, same idea. So, you know, it was really fun to just, you know, be able to work with somebody who had a lot of experience, good experience, different experience, and a lot of, um, you know, he just, 
I mean, Alex likes to have fun. Like that's what I his think Al too is. is legitimately like one of, like one of the best guys I've ever been in the ring with. Aside I, from me, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Al's a guy who who I feel like had he he been coming up now with his talent, like he'd probably get a chance. Where yeah, he spent the majority. Alex Arion, for those who don't know, he started he, with Al. Snow. Right, he's a smaller guy though. He he, you know, Al Al's short, and at the time. Probably like the heyday of Al's career was just WWE was six foot four, two hundred and sixty pound monsters. Where now they're more open to smaller guys. Like Al was that good, or you know, and yeah, he did a little bit in Ring of Honor. And yeah, he was. And we talked he, about. I mean, with, you think he had dark a dark match and stuff or dark yeah, matches we, on we, the TV? And, we talked about with Brian Fury. He was on the WFA side. He's a very close friend of uh, the Mofo Steve Bradley, who was a former WWE developmental talent that opened up a uh, promotion in New Hampshire that opposed Chaotic basically it was like the the turf wars with uh, uh, so Alex eventually came over to Chaotic and that's how he's got this different perspective than a lot of the Chaotic guys yeah. had at the time and it really it was like for me that was the most fun I ever had like in Chaotic wrestling like that was by far the most fun I ever had I thought like, we were going to put stretch. me over like what the fuck <laughs> oh, well, because of our affiliation yes yeah, whatever. Yeah. whatever fine no I love Alex <laughs> Alex is awesome still talk to him quite a bit actually I've been meaning to go see him you're a piece of shit. Agreed. <laughs> and speaking of uh, close friends, uh, you formed a, a good relationship with uh, Big Rick Fuller, who's a former <laughs> WCW uh, talent who um, was from this area and kind of found a place in Chaotic. How do you feel about Big Rick Fuller? Oh, uh, man. Rick's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'll just – this is my favorite story of Rick. It's very short. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we were tagging on a show once. And we were kind of putting some stuff together. And we were about to go out. And it was in some gym, I think, in Everett. And so, like, literally, we're, like, getting ready to go out. And one of the little helper kids for the show goes up to Rick. Just, you know, like a random creep at a show. Uh, he's just like, yeah, so, like, you were, like, in WCW, right? And like, not even like no hiccup, no thought. He just literally looked at the kid. Kid, I was WCW. <laughs> Lost my shit. And then he just kept going. He's, I was like, dude, that's awesome. Good for you. Rick's a genius. I still have a tab shirt that Rick gave me. It's my one of my prized possessions, even though tab is terrible. Well, that's it's it, not that that's, bad. Uh, Rick it's Fuller's literally beverage. bleach with carbonation. It's horrible. <laughs> my wife refused to have one. When we were over there, house that's why you barbecue blackballed from the floor. <laughs> I mean, he chopped her in the face. I mean, but I couldn't argue with it. Deserves. <laughs> what about uh, Max von Bauer? We, you alluded to it earlier. Yes. What about uh, being German? What about uh, another funny? I mean, again, two second story. Kettner, Jim Kettner, who uh, for the ECWA, ECWA, yeah. right? He uh, he was at you know our school doing one of the camps, I think. Mm-hmm. And he came up to me one day and he told me this idea and I was like, oh, okay, I mean, sure, I'll try it. And his whole rationale was, and this is what was just, you know, wrestling-isms, <laughs> it was, well, you know, like Bauer's German, so, you know, you have German background. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's totally not my real name, but okay, cool. And he's like, oh, <laughs> oh, I thought that was your real name. I'm like, no, he's, okay, well, uh. Do you want to do it anyways? I'm like, yeah, great. Like, All right. Hey, your mom's Jewish. You want to be a Nazi? <laughs> there was a very strict no no goose stepping policy, so I mean, we we made sure that it was only mildly anti-Semitic, <laughs> tastefully anti-Semitic. 
What about uh, being the NECW Triple Crown Champion, as we as we talked about? Oh man, uh, that was a, quite a long title reign, was it not? It was like 19 years. I think I'm still the champion. <laughs> you sure? Um, I know you guys are still the tag team champions of uh, XWA, XWA man. aren't you? Who's the? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We are still That's the reigning bullshit. tag team champions. The last time the titles were defended was what? Two thousand. It's gonna be over a decade at this point. It <laughs> has to be. I'll bet you both twenty dollars cash that Handsome Johnny still has those blue pants. Blue pants. Do you remember the blue pants? I remember we wrestled as a tag team, and you had the deal with the singlet and the red and black pants, and oh. I had my plain blue singlet. I'm like, oh, we should have some sort of like an, a matching. Yes, thing. I remember. I the, like, okay. I need some sort of pant, and so handsome had those blue. Okay, yeah, whatever they are with the Break black away, stripes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember them now. Yes, <laughs> they're so good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, NECW. Um, man, just you know. Fine. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> no, 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 that's mean. No, no, it was fun. I mean, you know, um, what was really cool about working featured in that role, I mean, obviously it was local still. Um, they gave me a lot of ability to work with a lot of people I kind of wanted to work with. So I got to have like not just a match with somebody, but I got to work with Fury a bunch of times. I got to work with Rick a bunch of times. I got to work with Al a bunch of times. I worked with Brandon a bunch of times. I think you came in for a little while. Brandon Lonis. Locke, yeah. Brandon, yeah, Brandon Locke. Um, so, you know, they, they, what, it, what was really cool about it was, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, the first time in your career to be featured, it's like, oh, that's, you know, I'm maybe doing something right. But I think the, really the most interesting thing to me or the most fun thing for me was really just being able to work with a lot of great people. You know, I mean, I think that we all know that the only way you really get better is to work people who are good. So that was cool. And I was on like the cover of the Boston Globe with Tom Brady. Can I armor on Tom Brady? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We boy. took a picture together. We were hanging out. It was great. So you were in the top. You were, he was in the top corner. You were in the bottom corner. No, no, no. We shared the cover. Okay, Crockett. I think I was pretty clear about that. It's 50 50. We'll have to get so, hold, let, me, let me talk about our NECW matches here. Uh-oh. This guy here almost knocked my friggin' teeth out. We were in oh the my Quincy God. Armory. You're still bitching about he, he, he that. Puts, a, puts a trash can, like a rubber trash can, over my head, and then proceeds just like I don't even know what it was. It was a clothesline? Is that what it was? I don't know. And like I couldn't see anything, so I couldn't like protect myself, and I'll just right in the teeth. You and had I went a down, trash can on your I went head. That's down protection. And I'm feeding. I'm feeling my teeth now because I'm thinking like, oh my God, he just knocked my teeth out. He just knocked my. Teeth out. Oh. And then you get it back to him later, right? Where you the you baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you put a you put a metal trash can over over him and the, hit it with a baseball the bat. day before I fly out for my tryout, you <laughs> hit me with a baseball bat in a trash can that was... You never said anything about it. I you protected you. you. Bullshit. It's exactly the same way I protected you. Were you like, okay? You, I didn't knock your teeth out or nothing. You, you didn't knock your teeth out. I didn't even almost knock your teeth I out. I didn't almost knock your teeth out at all. You certainly did. I, I see a full mouth full of pearly whites, so that means <laughs> ain't shit happened. It's like saying, you almost hit me, which translates to, I didn't fucking hit you. You're fine. <laughs> to be fair, you're also the same guy who had me like powerbomb you or whatever off a stage through a table after you like had your contract so we didn't that was like a choke thing whatever <laughs> that was fun right yeah, that was fun. That's fun in games yeah i was in Derry. i mean not Derry. what was that t- uh uh littleton littleton yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean it's a big house it's like at least 50 <laughs> so people don't think like we're like we hate each other or some sort of crazy maniacs you, you tend to do more things maybe right. with people you're extremely comfortable with especially at this time i mean i think there was probably nobody that i spent more time with than you and vice versa because we were living next door to each other going to the gym going to shows on the weekends like yeah it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> so when you're that comfortable with somebody you tend maybe to oh not take liberties not take liberties but but do 
I, I think if you if, if I went to a match with somebody I didn't know and did the sort of things we've done to each other, like you might it might have been a fight in the locker room backstage, but now this ends up because we're friends, it ends up in a funny story on a podcast. This is funny. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Well, not when you almost suck my teeth out, but I'm having a terrible time. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you kind of alluded to uh, you know getting your tryout and stuff like that, but uh, you went to WWE TV a few times, right? Before yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that dark match, that uh, that fateful dark match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, TV was always stressful. I mean, <laughs> for for you or just I think for Vince. You know, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb oh. question. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I deserve. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, every time I walked by him, he just was like, he wouldn't even make eye contact. He was so nervous about. Me. No, I'm just kidding. We had a few interesting times, or like together at TV with a uh, certain people taking pictures, maybe. Oh, Jesus pictures. Christ! Yeah, people taking pictures backstage yeah. of themselves, or asking um, oh. WWE official, not officials, but like you know, like stage hands or whatever to take pictures in front of them in front of logos and whatnot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Almost give you a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> it gave me anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember so we're talking about uh what's his face? Tommy Mack. I remember <laughs> Oh, we're not supposed to <laughs> No. I tried to allude to it. I tried yeah, to- it was trying to- <laughs> Oh, give me shit. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> I remember sitting in one of the locker rooms with him. Oh, that's all right. I'll be the asshole. I don't care. Go for it. Um, you can beat me up, Tommy Mac. I don't care. We were sitting in one of the locker rooms, and he asked me something about... He said something about, like, Kane having a house near him in New Hampshire. He's like, I don't know. I think I should talk to him. I just remember vividly looking him dead in the eye. I'm like, you should definitely ask him that. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought that was really funny. But. Was it Kane or was it Triple H? I thought it was... No, no, no. He, said he, he built... Triple H's like fireplace or something gotcha. like that, and I was like, "That's awesome, dude." I, I just like I don't know <laughs> how to react wrong to that. It. It's like, great. He doesn't pick you because you're a good wrestler. He pick you because you build a fucking fireplace. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> is, that, is that? Are we not supposed to do that? No, no, you're oh, good, that's man. Fine. <laughs> now let's get into this. Uh, dark, Moving on. This, this dark match. You were part of this, right, Brian? You were yeah, there as me, well. It was me, me, Max, and Fury. I think. Did we tell this story before? I think we kind of we might have told it, but but anyways, you're here yeah, now. You're so the, this is your perspective. We're gonna get yeah. here. So there was there was some sort of lineup, wasn't there? Right. So we were like, I'm sure Max remembers that we were. It was a terrible freaking snowstorm. You yeah. know. Your mom, this is when your mom was like the day before was like, you guys should just not go. Yeah. <laughs> That's good career advice. Thanks, Deb. The building for the for the show was what? Nassau Coliseum. The Coliseum, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Shithole. All right, so this lineup. Uh, well, we were, we, were, we, were, we were in the extras locker room. Right. Yes. Right. And Bones. I think, I think we were, if I remember right, we were like, okay, how the, how the hell do we get How do we get out of here? Because they're not going to use us. And, oh, yeah, we were trying to leave. Yeah, and like Tony <laughs> Delfonso had no show. <laughs> yeah, he didn't come. Because <laughs> remember, like, they lined us up and they were looking for him. That's yeah, what they were looking for. They were looking for they, they were looking for him for the dark match. Right. Yeah. So then um, I don't remember the referee's Bones. name. Okay, but he came in. Johnny needs you by the ring now. So take it away, Max. It's just, this is episode's about you. So Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I do actually, now that you say I do remember us trying to figure out, like, we could probably just leave. Like, they don't give a shit. It's fine. I mean, like, whatever we showed up, like, the show's about to start. They're not going to use us. And then he came bursting in. Clearly, someone's in his earpiece screaming at him. And uh, he's like, you need to go to the ring. You need to go to the ring. And, like, I think, like, you might have been dressed or, fear, like, like, back in, like, business casual. Like, I was probably half-ass dressed or something. Like, we were all, like, okay, day's over. Like, nothing's happening. And then we ended up going to the ringside. 
and they lined us up and just like you stand here and they put us like on hard cam probably so agents could look at us because they didn't want to get up and talk to any you know jamokes from the indies and then i think maybe like mike kyoto or something like that was like where's the jack kid or something yeah so yeah i don't remember who said that yeah and it's like, hey, and like they made like the motion of like you know like, yeah, like the Ooh. arms like <laughs> like i'm putting my arms the up like you know yeah, yeah, yeah exactly like where's all the, three of us were like don't worry it's not us it's not us <laughs> yeah and then i did, was there more to that i don't yeah, remember so like so jamie noble goes which one of you guys is the best worker you know oh, we're like yeah. well we're all we all raise yeah, our hands a, like a oh, real objective good. useful question and then yeah and they're like well, ask Kofi. Kofi knows them. And, and so Kofi's like, yeah, you know, they're all good. <laughs> <laughs> no help there. So which one of you guys has the best gear? And we're all, oh, we all have terrible gear. <laughs> My gear was horrible. <laughs> but, I mean, we all had wrestling gear. It wasn't like we were wrestling in like, you know. Yeah. Dress pants and a button down <laughs> Come on shirt. Now. Come on now. <clears throat> so then like finally they're like, okay, the the one with the beard. Now, you had a beard. I had a goatee. And Fury had a beard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I forgot about this. And yeah, then ultimately, yeah. what it was getting to is they, they chose Max. Yeah. Right. The best one. Clearly. And the match was the first match of the evening on the card with who? Nick McNeil. No, it wasn't. Was yes, it? it was. It was? Percy Watson's yes. real name. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Percy Watson. You son yeah. of a bitch. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was with Percy. Um... Yeah, I mean, you know, it was totally a match, totally a match for him. Obviously, like totally fine. I think they gave me like thirty seconds of offense, which was whatever. You know, I'll take whatever I can get. Did you know, I think did you get an entrance like like a, with music and stuff? Mm, I think they played something, but it was like go to the ring, play something, and it was, it, like, you know, it wasn't like <laughs> produce this kid. Like it was pretty like yeah, get the kid out there. Here's what you're gonna do, Percy. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, like, whatever, five minutes. I remember walking out, and it was, like, still filling in. So it was a little weird to be, like, in such a large space um, with not a lot of people. And sure as shit, not a lot of people caring about you. Right. Um, it was into. I mean, Nunzio was the ref, so that was cool because I had, like, known oh, him wow. a little bit. So, you know, he was just kind of, like, you know, little words of wisdom here and there. Just, you know, like, you know, where's the hard cam and blah, blah, blah. Just, you know, it, it was it's comforting to have someone you know, certainly in that scenario. I think the most... To me, the most memorable part of the match, aside from like having a heart attack and cutting myself before I went out. Um, what? So, so again, I had gear. It was older gear, and I had ordered new gear. I think maybe a month before, but I hadn't gotten it yet. Mm-hmm. So I had this just like plain black singlet that I'd had Surat like so on like a patch. But this was like I've been wearing it for I don't know six eight months. So some of the stitching was frayed, and I had like I think Fury had a blade in his bag for making a fucking you know blade. Uh, right. <laughs> you never know when WWE is going to ask you. Yeah, well, I think that was just like his color. Yeah, I think that was just his WFA, you know, ode two. So he just had it, and I was like, dude, I need to like just like at least cut some of like the fringy fray off. And I like it was like a brand new razor. I cut my fingers. And I'm like, dude, I'm falling apart. Like, because I was just like, it was like in the the mindset switch from putting my shit on. Like, should we go? Like, get out of the storm before it gets bad. To like, go to the ring. You're wrestling. Ha! Ah, you know what I mean? So it was right. just like, and, and then there was no time either. It was like literally. They picked us, or they picked me. They said, "Here's Nick. Here's what you're doing." Or here's Percy. Here's what you're doing. Blah blah blah. Straight home. Okay, you got it. Yeah, they, they came with us. Like it was like I mean, they were pretty close to doors. When, like, yeah, they no, came. it was like 30 minutes before we went out. Yeah, was when we were lined up. And so from that time, it was silly faff. Uh, get picked. 
talked to Percy for like five minutes and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to hit this, this. What do you want me to do? You know, whatever. And I was like, okay, I got to go put like gear on. So like I ran back to the little extras rock room, put my shit on. And then it was just like, all right, you're going now. So, you know, it was just like this massive, like you almost didn't have time to be nervous because it was so, you know, and quick. Right. Um, totally was nervous though. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember I cut my fingers. Um, I was just like, I can't believe I didn't get gear. Like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, why would I be that? Why would I be that guy that I always say, like, yo, you gotta be prepared and just, you know, be proactive, invest in yourself. And it's like, yeah, I didn't get gear. I'm an asshole. <laughs> um, but I remember standing in the ring, just like looking around as Percy was about to make his entrance. And I just said it like four times myself. It's like, it's just the same. It's all the same. It's just, this is the exact same thing. And it's literally because it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's like it's just a it's just a wrestling ring in a bigger building. It's it's the exact same thing that I've been doing that Malone has been doing. Crockett, you know, does on his end. It's the same thing. You know what I mean? And, and I think you have to. For me, I have to have that grounding experience to say like, yeah, like it's just the same thing. You know, it, it kind of calmed me down a little bit. And then you know, match was over before it started, but you know, it went well. I mean, all the agents loved it, and I think Jamie Noble, like his feedback was, "Damn kid, I didn't know you could work." And I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> I guess. Why the fuck did you put me in there then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, pretty. I mean, I, I you know, I'm saying they probably have low expectations, but it was just one of those things. Was like, I guess that's a compliment. Thanks. I remember we had a great interaction with Triple H afterwards too. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Uh, so Kofi watched the match for me because you know we knew Kofi and he's a good right. dude and she's like yeah man it was really good I was talking to the agents they said they didn't see Percy look that good and giving you credit for it. I was like wow man that's like super awesome that's like literally all I could hope for barring like that kid's got something put him on Raw which you know that probably isn't gonna happen but he's like I know for a fact Triple H was watching because I guess they were probably watching uh, Percy and so he's like, you should go ask him. And I'm like, uh, he goes, dude, seriously, just he will respect you if you go and say, hey, I heard you might have seen my match. Do you have anything? I was like, yeah, man, whatever. Okay. I went up to him. I was like, hey, uh, I don't know if you had a second chance to watch that at all, but you know, if you saw anything, I'd love to just hear anything you have to offer me. And he's like, nope, not a second. Thanks, kid. And he's walked away. I was like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Not a fucking second. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because yeah, that yeah. was like an earshot of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds right. That sounds right. <laughs> Which, you know, in retrospect, especially like seeing him more when I was signed, like that really is his sense of humor. Like he's not being a dick. It's just like, yeah, zing, good for you. Like, all right. It's like, totally. I yeah great indie dark match guy yeah. <laughs> yeah dude I don't know I have to go on live TV in like 10 minutes shut the fuck up you're thinking bro I'm producing the real superstar yeah I'll be honest if you would walk by me I wouldn't have even noticed you existed as a human being <laughs> <laughs> it would have just been like was that a strong gust of air oh it was a, it was a person <laughs> no, yeah, whatever I don't care not in a bad way whatever it's just funny so this dark match and the praise that you were getting afterwards did this help parlay into you being signed or was it a much longer process oh man not at all it was so right. useless <laughs> um, it was so useless i mean it was good i mean it was fun whatever right. it's one of those things where i think it motivates you so i think in that way it helped me but you know i mean that that was definitely not a time where they were i think if percy was there and i know trent was there and a few other guys so that must have been around like one of the original nxt iterations it must have been right it was uh, the johnny Cur- was the johnny curtis season that's right right, right, I, right was right, that right. night like the finals or some sort it's or like, a, like the endless John, season that johnny curtis versus brodus clay like oh i don't know i'm pretty sure that was like the same night I don't remember any of this. You always remember that stuff. I'm so bad. I'm like, well, I'm I didn't there. have to worry about having a match then. <laughs> yeah, like, but it's I like afterwards, like, it's like I'm like there. Like I just remember that and the weird things that I remember about it. And then I remember watching it from one of the tunnels with Brodus Clay sitting there just burying everybody. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, I don't know. I probably shouldn't say that either. Whatever. 
I don't, I don't think Brothers Kate will quite listen. Yeah, edit that. Edit. <laughs> this doesn't make it down his locker room. Um, but uh, no, I mean, you know, it, that that's one I of them. Just for one second, we should. Oh I want to set up. I just want to set up. I want to give Max praise that Max has always been like a heavier guy, probably closer to the three hundred pound mark, like two eighty to three hundred. Yeah. And at this time, and I can attest because I was working out with him, like he made a lot of great positive changes with his diet and his workout and. Like I don't, I don't even know what you get down to. Two twenty something, two thirty. Two twenty eight, yeah. You know, so he completely went through. You know, and we haven't put it over yet. And I think it's something we we should put over. He went. Okay, yeah. He completely changed the way he looked, the way he did things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, totally. And he went. Over. He went from somebody who, <laughs> me yeah. and Max had previously done a WWE tryout at the Chaotic Training Center, and we were the only guys that they forced to take our shirts off. So he had gone from somebody like that to somebody who put the work in to get his body to be where WWE looked at him as a serious, you know, right. as a serious prospect. So I think that we should definitely mention that because I mean, that's a Thanks, lot of people man. get the feedback and yeah, like me, don't, <laughs> like don't, don't do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, but he did, he lost 60 or 80 pounds or whatever, whatever you lost like that, and yeah. put yourself on the radar. Yeah. I mean, I'm um, thank you. I mean, that definitely was motivating to me and I think, I think the next time I went to TV, uh, we were working out in the ring and Jamie Noble was there and he didn't remember me at all. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like, what, it's always yeah. the way. Yeah, it, it, which is fine. You know, it's, it's like Manchester or something. I don't know. I remember, I remember he didn't remember me at all. I feel like it was in Boston maybe. And then I just remember we worked out and I think I got in the ring with like, maybe, was Mikey B there? Maybe. I don't know. The Miracle, Mike Bennett? Maybe, yeah. TNA wrestling star? Yeah, he was there a bunch, too. I yeah. thought he was. I just remember I got in the ring with Fury, and like, I think we were just like putting heat on him. I like was just beating him up, and I beat him up a little bit, and then like I put him in a hold, and then I took like a crossbody, and I cut him back off, and I tagged out. Or no, Jamie was like, tag out, kid, tag out. He immediately came over to me and was like, who are you? What are you doing? I'm like, dude, like that's all you're looking for. I could do that. That's easy. <laughs> do that all day. Yeah. It still didn't get signed from it. Don't worry. It's, oh, all right. you know, another failure. But, you know, I mean, that that's part of it, right? It's like you got to be able to – the emotional ride of it is is really hard because they only see you when they see you. So it's just mm -hmm. a very acute moment to them, whereas you're obviously living that entire experience and – you know, the the ups and downs of being booked for TV and being excited and then having to go to TV and being nervous and then being, you know, on stage and hopefully being looked at in some capacity and wanting to not suck. And whether, you know, you do well or don't do well, you kind of always end up beating yourself up. If you do well, you're like, this is the best day ever and I'm great. And then nothing happens. You're like, I'm the worst. They hate me. And, <laughs> or God forbid it goes bad and you get banned for life. And you know what I mean? It's Ooh. like. Yeah, Ooh, you can come yeah. back from that though. I, I'm told. Yes, she, yes you can. <laughs> yes, apparently it's been for like a a, a dog's life, <laughs> or a sh like a, a short shitty dog's life, or something like, like a bee's life, or something. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, the signing part. Um, uh, I remember I went to TV. It was like January or something like that. It's another time after that time. Maybe I think it was maybe two times after. It, it was it was a little while actually. That 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 match really. <laughs> Not in a bad way. It just didn't really do a lot for me. Right. Getting signed. I mean, it certainly kept me focused. Um, but there was like a January TV that I went to and I was like kind of prepared, but I wasn't really. I think I'd like sent an email not expecting to get a return and I did and I got booked. And so I'm pretty sure I worked a m match on that one. Before doors opened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, for Regal. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I worked with Taven and um, yeah, yeah, okay. I worked with Taven. And we had like a good little match, and Regal really liked it, and so he kind of singled out me, Taven, and Sammy um, Callahan. Um, and then from there, the conversation was really like, hey, you know, we like what you do. You move really well. Blah blah blah. Get in shape. Get a look. Come back and show us something. Um, and then from there, when I really started, you know, again, focusing back on the gym, getting cardio, the whole thing, uh, training quite a bit. And then I was offered a tryout from that. Actually, I got booked for TV and then I was offered a tryout the weekend before, which was weird. Um, and so then I got flown down to Tampa, went to the tryout. Things apparently went okay. And then they offered me a contract from that. Right. You were down there for a week. Yes. And everything went swimmingly. You felt really good coming out of that. You know, I I felt as good as you could, I guess. It, yeah. It's it's like one of those things where what was tested was very fundamental. So I know my fundamentals are strong or were strong at the time. So I was very confident in that, like, I definitely did a good job. If it was like, who does the best up and over? Like, I'm not going to get signed because I do the best up and over. Like, I can do it. The, hmm. But it was really about like I, I knew I could work hard. We didn't do a lot of actual like ring work, like matches. So to me, that was a little nerve wracking because you know I feel like I can shine in that capacity. Um, but you know, I felt like I delivered like a really solid you know few days of hard work. My fundamentals were absolutely as strong as anybody else they could want. Uh, I felt like my promos were good. Yeah, I mean, you know, good enough. <laughs> Better or worse, good enough. <laughs> so you got a, a call after that, or was this at, when you went to that TV the next time they uh, heard about a contract? Um, no, I got a call. I went to that TV, and Regal was there, and Scott Armstrong was there, and we kind of had a little bit of a relationship. And so, you know, they pulled me aside, and Regal kind of said, you know, like things went really well. And I don't know how much you know you talked to Canyon, but they, we, you know. A lot of people were really impressed with you. And, you know, I mean, that's one of those things you try and take with a grain of salt. I mean, it's super exciting to hear, obviously, from a guy like William Regal. It's, like, ridiculously flattering. But it's a, it's also, you know, I mean, it's not anything until it's something. So, uh, and then Scott Armstrong, I remember in the workout, he's like, yeah, you don't have to work out if you don't want to. And I was like, dude, I'm, you know, I'm here. And I did, and I finished what I was doing, and he kind of just came to me. He goes, hey, by the way, congratulations. I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to know anything yet. Um and he's like, well, I don't know if it's official, but I heard good things. I'm like, okay, cool. And then like the longest three weeks in the history of the world, <laughs> and then I got a phone call. And then it was like, yay, you're a thing. Great. So um, you were going to Tampa. Tampa, Florida. And you, you drove down there. You caravan down. Did. We got we to post the picture from uh, uh, on the WPAN page of his last, uh, his last show with us. Oh, the, the outdoor show yeah, uh, in yeah. Hudson? Yeah. Oh yeah, tape my the, bag to the, a uh, cone or something. Yeah, what's that? Oh yeah, <laughs> tape my bag to something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was the uh, chaotic tradition. Tradition when someone left, yeah, you you took as much wrist tape as you could and you taped their bags to some object. Fucked with their shit. Yeah, Don't basically. Go. <laughs> it's a very tearful, tearful ceremony. It certainly was. Now, when you got down to Tampa, uh, was it like a culture shock to you? Or was it? Just, you know, just going in there and going to work? Or how did you feel when you first got there? Um, I mean, I think that we all build this reality around what, especially at the time, WWE was. And what being there, you know, the politics and and everyone's going to hate you and they're going to backstab you and whatever. And so, you know, I mean, I think that the reality was much more like, yeah, you're going to show up and work out and like go to shows and stuff. So it was just... 
it was definitely a shock as far as, I mean, you know, I'm being paid full time. It, it was almost felt like, I remember after a few weeks, I was like, I feel like I haven't gone to work yet. And that's not one of those just like a happy employee. Like, I don't even have a job. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was definitely hard work, but it was just, it seemed weird to me as somebody who had supported himself outside of wrestling to be able to wrestle to now just be like, yeah, all I literally do is wrestle all day. You, feel, you feel like you have to be doing, you should be doing something else. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I feel like I'm like supposed to go into work or something. And it's, you know, so, I mean, there was definitely, you know, I mean, you see things that are similar to maybe ideas you have over the place, but nothing that's like so overt and terrible. Um, you know, and Bill had just taken over and, and, you know, Bill DeMott, Bill DeMott and, you know, he was not liked by a lot of the talent. You had um, heard about, uh, you would have experienced some of the deep south uh, training <laughs> and, uh, with uh, Mike Hollow, who would. Uh, we, sh- we should also mention, I think, I think uh, Sasha Banks started. You, you and Sasha Banks basically yep. got signed like same, same time, like literally same time. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, uh, we were at the same tryout. We got signed the same day, I think, or whatever. Got the calls the same day. Um, yeah, I mean, she was in my starting class. Dawson from Dash and Dawson. He okay. was in my starting class. We were like riding buddies my entire life, time that I was there. Um, I might be it for the people who made it to TV, I think, yeah. in that class. I mean, I know, I think Angelo Dawkins is still down there doing something. And, uh, whatever that big kid's name is, Sawyer Fulton. Um, yeah, I don't think, the, I don't think they're on TV. Like grizzled vet. Uh, what's that big kid's name what's that that young buck name (laughs) no um, so I mean now you hear all the great things about the performance and what kind of what was the facility like at that point in in Tampa Uh, it really depends on who you asked Um, again as somebody who has trained you know chaotic training center was always a very reputable facility like really nice as far as you know wrestling facilities go but you know I'd wrestled at the old Slam Tech in that factory in whatever it was, Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. Yeah. Like, you know, we'd all wrestled in weird, scummy buildings and and wherever else. And you know, I think we were used to a standard that was below what you would anticipate WWE's. So to me, like, I walked in there, I was like, "Wow, this place is amazing!" Like, there's like two full rings, and there's like a little um, uh, rehab corner, and then there was like a the show area which had like a ring and a full like view of chairs plus TV cameras. So again, I think you know coming from the Indies, a lot of the indie guys are like this is the nicest place I ever wrestled in, <laughs> or, or one of the <laughs> nicest places, right? Uh, if you ask somebody who's coming from the outside, you know, like a lot of the NFLers and whoever else, like they're like this place is shit and it was a fucking warehouse, and it's like oh, I mean okay, yeah, it's a fucking warehouse. He's like Norman Smiley was always love that. He goes these motherfuckers never wrestled in a shitty gym before. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I was like yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> so the Right of passage for a lot of uh, the guys going down there was uh, getting your name, which everybody at that time, and it's not as much these days, but... I remember we all waited with bated breath. Yes. For what what was this fella, Max Bauer, going to be called? Now, how did your name come about? So when they get there, at some point, they say, okay, write down whatever, 10 or 15 first names, 10 or 15 last names that you want to use. And you can do different combinations, but... Write them down, send them in, or give them to whoever, and they'll send them in. Uh, so I wrote down whatever 10 names I could think of that I thought were like, yeah, that's all right. Um, they chose none of them. <laughs> so my first couple matches on in in Tampa at their – every Thursday they had a house show in Tampa. <laughs> I was just Max Pelham. <laughs> I think I might have been Max Bauer once because it was on my tights. I'm like, yeah, who gives a shit? It's not on TV. You can call Max Bauer. Um, then I was pulled in the office one day by Bill – and he would just looked at me and he just 
And if you know Bill, he just has like a very Bill way of saying things. Some people hate it. Uh, but he's like, how about Axel Keegan? And I was like, all right, great. And that's like, what's that? And he's like, that's your name. I'm like, great. He's like, do you like it? I was like, yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> and he's like, you don't care. I was like, I mean, oh, whatever. Pay me. I don't care. <laughs> so it was kind of like a very anticlimactic, but it, it ended up being um, Scott, uh, Scotty Too Hotty. Scott Taylor was there for the week. And we had known each other a little bit from around here, and Rick and him are very close, Rick Fuller. Um, and so, you know, we had kind of just buddied up while he was there. I mean, he was there to kind of give feedback, help out for the week. But in that moment, I guess he had had a conversation with somebody saying his son is named Keegan. And he said, you know, Keegan's a really good name. Nobody uses it. It could be really good for a wrestler. And then I, the story I was told by somebody who was down there for a while and kind of knew people, he said that the name Axel was one that they've been wanting to, they had been wanting to put on somebody for a very long time. And for whatever reason, they blessed me with Axel Keegan. Now, you were at, in Tampa for how long before you started hearing rumblings about Orlando? I think I got there in like September, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I, think it was I was just saying, I, I could probably give you a ballpark just because I remember I was on vacation at Disney World and we were texting about, and you were talking about potentially moving to, having to move to yeah. Orlando. It, it was pretty close after I got there. I mean, it was like, I think we got there in the September and then like maybe like November officially uh, there was like rumblings like there was always like they're going to open a facility and it's going to be like army barracks and we're going to have a cots and we have to stay there or something <laughs> like that and it's like oh god that sounds awesome no, not really um, but that, there was like legitimately like a rumor I heard it was like that was like a thing and then I think it was like at the November TV where you know we all pulled into the the room after and they were just like yeah so you guys have heard rumblings blah 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 we're gonna move to orlando it's gonna be a real big facility i think they were aiming for like whatever january or february or something like that so it was pretty much like sign a lease for a year and then like oh yeah by the way you shouldn't have done that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, we, and also we there. definitely knew about this so like you, you haven't still... been down there very long or... no no no. it was only like two or three months i think so you had to, to move to orlando and so how, uh, did, how did they sell it to you guys like how did they like, um, I mean, all the facility. you know, I mean, they took the approach of they went to, I think that year WrestleMania was in like a football stadium or something. And then they basically said, look, we gone to like the nicest of the nicest strength and conditioning facilities for, you know, just about every sport, probably in prospecting buildings, but also probably prospecting like, you know, I think the understanding was like, why aren't we investing in this? You know, at that time, NXT was actually making them quite a bit of money. And they really weren't investing a lot into it. You know, you're not paying travel. You're not paying um, major building expenses. You know, they were filming it. Originally, they were filming it in Tampa. And then when they were filming it at Full Sail, I mean, I'm pretty sure they don't pay Full Sail. I think it's like a really big value add for students there. Like they get to volunteer. I don't know if that's changed. But I mean, basically, they had this like 10 plus million dollar a year business. And it's like, well, we have them. I mean training in a literally i mean it was a warehouse like our warehouse was connected to a literal warehouse like we were another half of a warehouse that had been renovated but it was literally like oh i mean it was it was a warehouse so i think it was sold really as like 
we need to invest and why wouldn't we invest? And we're this massive company. Why wouldn't we have our own facility? Why wouldn't we do our own way? Why wouldn't we finally take the step to say, it's no longer supposed to be paying dues and punishment. It should be like an honor and privilege to get in here. But when you get in here, we're going to treat you like a fucking athlete. You know, you're going to be like, if you sign with the Patriots, you're going to go to a prime facility because they're athletes. That's what's like, it's like, you're like at a university now. Like this is like the Harvard of, yeah, I mean, totally. Harvard of pro wrestling kind of thing. Totally. It, it's it's the thing of, so if you got hurt at practice, you would go into Brian Duncan's office, the the, the thing, and it was literally like an offshoot, like a, a, a couple of drywalled walls in the corner of it with like one little table on it, a bunch of shit, no room to do anything. It's like, again, to me coming in like, wow, we only had like Band-Aids. That's great. This is an upgrade. <laughs> You know, to him, who's like a PT and, you know, has whatever certifications he has, he's like, yeah, this place is like way too small. We have like 50, 60 talent. Like we need a facility. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just like a very different mindset and approach to what developmental was. Developmental was always kind of like pay your dues. Don't invest in this. It's really about cultivating talent. The right people will come through. Um, They should learn how to work towns. They should learn what, you know, wrestling in a shitty places. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But I think the understanding is, you know, you don't build superstars by treating them like, you know, whatever. Right. Nobody's. So it's like, you know, it's not necessarily they don't have to pay dues. I mean, everyone at the performance that works really hard. It's just, you know, these are professional athletes. They should be treated. There should be a full gym there and a strength and conditioning program. There should be a full rehab center. There should be means to produce green screens and, and cameras that can go live to TV and, you know, rings and lighting and, and, you know, locker rooms and like all these things that, you know, I think, again, every professional, real professional athlete would say like, yeah, that's clearly how this would be, right? I think. Um, so when you got there to the uh, the performance center, I know you you had mentioned to me before that like there are like, cameras everywhere, <laughs> and you felt kind of like maybe Big Brother was watching. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that I mean again. So so like there was definitely cameras. Um, there was definitely no secret that any of those cameras could be pulled up on the phone, even of a Triple H or a Vince McMahon, and it actually happened a few times. I remember we were something. I think Terry. Uh, I almost said Terry Funk. Uh, Terry, Terry Taylor. Taylor um, was leading his class one time and his phone rang and he picked it up and he goes, oh, it's Triple H. He picked up the phone. He goes, what? Huh? It's, it's like a very much like an old man like, what do you do? You plug it into what? And he's like, what? What do you mean? Oh, you're watching me? How are you watching me? And it's like, he turned around, everyone wave, Triple H is watching us. And it's like, well, that's weird. Um, but, you know, it, it was, uh, I mean, it was definitely possible. I think, you know, the myth is always bigger than than reality, right. right? It's the same thing. It's like, I don't really think that any of these people are like wasting their time. Like, what the hell is Enzo Amore doing on Tuesday? It's like, <laughs> I don't give a shit, dude. I just need to be able to see it. If there's, if there's something I need to see, I need to be able to see it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I necessarily believe like Big Brother was watching, but Big Brother could technically watch. Right. So who are your favorite coaches there at the uh, Performance Center? Oh, man. Probably... Top had to be Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. Steamboat was fucking awesome. I say it like he's dead. He's not dead. He's fine. <laughs> but like he just, he was so good. To, he was so fun to work with. I mean, so like there's a guy who like got 30, 40 years in the business. He still had more passion about wrestling than like anyone ever. And this includes like 19 and 20 year olds who are at the performance center and bubble. He's just like so jazzed about wrestling. Like it was like his shit. And 
he would just get so excited about a spot he wanted to do. I remember he slapped a referee in the face. Um, not like in a bad way, but like to like, he's all about like emotion. And I mean, you know, we watch his wrestling. He's like a very like intense, certainly entertaining, but like, you know, just a lot of intensity. Right. And he was trying to do something about, like, he wanted to do a slap spot in class, which was super weird. And he wanted, so we ended up, it's like a bunch of, it's like a room full of people Just slapping each other. Just pretty much slapping <laughs> each other in the face. It was, it was one of those things where, like, I think it was like me and like Luke Harper and uh, maybe one other person were all just like looking at each other, like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> like, we're in WWE's, this is in Tampa still, we're in WWE's Philadelphia just like slapping the shit out of each other. <laughs> but the way he like led into it was like, it was a group of us, we were his class. And so, like, we warmed up. He's like, all right, guys, come on. Come on, and he grabbed um, the ref whose name I'm forgetting, and I apologize. He's an awesome dude, um, Bonsai. There you go. I don't remember his real name. Brian. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's awesome. Um, but so he's like, yeah, Bonsai, come here, come here, come here. And he's like, you know, so sometimes talk about emotionality. He's kind of just calm. And then like out of literally nowhere, he just slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> Everyone in the class, was like, oh my god, <laughs> did he go down? Uh, no, but he no. was like, literally, you saw his face like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, so he's like, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I just was trying to prove a point. And, but anyways, but yeah, he was, he just was like one of the boys, um, just really down to earth, really into just learning how to work, very approachable. He would watch matches and not just give you the, like, yeah, good job, kid. Like he really wanted mm-hmm. to see people succeed. And so... You know, he was actually one of my first advocates. Actually, I worked uh, whatever my first match there was. I worked a tag match, and he was the agent. And I remember, I remember this, and this is gonna sound like I'm putting myself over, and probably am a little bit. But legitimately, this Go is like the, one of the most meaningful things ever. He said, and I, I'm gonna fuck it up, so it doesn't really sound that meaningful. But it's something <laughs> to the lines of, "He goes, holy shit, kid! I didn't know you could work like that." It was almost the same thing as Jamie Noble said, which is a weird compliment. But even so. Or something like that. And he said, you're really good. And I was like, dude, great. I can go now. Like Ricky Steamboat said it. William Regal said it. I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, it's fine now. <laughs> Whatever. The rest of it's cake. It's fine. So, yeah, he was great. Um, Billy Gunn was a lot of fun. Norman's awesome. Norman Smiley. I mean, he was just like, I still say to this day, so underutilized. He's kind of like the new kid coach. That dude's like a mad scientist of wrestling. He's like so good. And I don't want to say he's wasted. I mean, he certainly has applications for everybody but his just ability to just kind of put things together in his own unique way he's super talented so during this time i remember while you were down there we would obviously talk and you were trying to find they're trying to like find something for you and i remember you talking pretty extensively about like working with with the american dream dusty Rhodes, who's now obviously passed away but Mm -hmm. like what was that relationship like what did that mean to work with him what was it like to work with him um, I mean, awesome. You know, there's a guy who like literally had done it all at a time when like it was really hard to do it all. Um, just, you know, he'd also been through the business, not just as like a top tier talent. He clearly had been through it as pretty much every facet through all of the decades of wrestling. So, you know, talk about somebody who just like has forgotten more than you'd ever know. Like that's pretty much who he was. And he was just like a real cool dude to hang out with. You know, he liked to just talk shit and he would blast Purple Rain before promo class. And it was like his thing. <laughs> and it was all right. Yeah, it was like it was just like he would yell at uh, Rob Naylor, who was 
kind of like his assistant-ish. I don't, I don't know. It was like a weird position. We would just say, like, play that song, and just Purple Rain would just come on. And, <laughs> and now they're both up there together. Yeah. It's amazing. It's true. <laughs> Prince, not Rob Neller. Yeah, no, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, Rob Neller is dead. No, no, no. Uh, but, yeah, no, um, it was really cool. I mean, you know, it's one of those things, like, the normalcy of it gets weird, I think, because it's just like, yeah, it's Thursday. It's Art of Communication with Dusty Rhodes. going to hang out with Dusty Rhodes yeah, today. Yeah, but, like, and every so often I would say it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go to class right now. I'm like, to fucking promo class with Dusty Rhodes because that's normal. You know, <laughs> it's just, it was, like, very surreal, and that almost made it comfortable. It's I like guess? the epitome of, like, what, like, when you're thinking about being a wrestler when you're uh, as a... Uh, you know, as a kid and yeah, you know, you're just like, that becomes your reality. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was again, a lot of that stuff wasn't so like crazy, crazy, crazy. It was just surreal a lot of times. Cause again, you know, you're, you're talking and getting feedback and you're engaged in like a, a, a real dialogue with Dusty Rhodes or with Ricky Steamboat. And it's like, you're there in that moment talking to these people and like, yeah, okay. I was thinking this and you were saying that and I, okay, that's a good piece of advice. And then you like, you stop for a second. You're like, that was Ricky Steamboat. That's so weird. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's dragon. Just, yeah, it's like arm drag me. Um, and it's the same with Dusty. You know, I mean, it's it's like it was very normal because he was around, and it was like every Thursday you do your thing, and you know you ask for time with him, and you go sit down and you talk about whatever, and it's like end of all end of the day, you're just laying in bed, and you're like, yep, just had that meeting with Dusty Rhodes today. That's like a thing. Oh, those are the meetings where it was like, that's not for you, baby. That's for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Something something like that. <laughs> I remember literally joking about that with you when you were trying to come up with characters or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to pretend that Dusty Rhodes said to you, yeah, I mean, that's you know, not for you, baby. That's for somebody else. <laughs> it's close enough. It probably did. I, it's, it's fine. It's probably did. Another like, kind of like a, f- a famous story of like uh, a quote he would uh, I always go to kick out of when Dusty he doesn't get out of bed for... Do you know what I'm getting at here? Oh, yeah. yeah, that was something. I think there was something with like the legends or something like that on TV. And he's like, they're on TV. And he's probably huffing and puffing because he wasn't called or something like that. But he said something to the effect of, I'm motherfucker, I don't get out of bed for less than $10,000. Like, okay. Unsolicited, but sure. I believe you. You're talking about a, like a, coming up with a character or, or some, some kind of a deal in uh in nxt and uh when we were texting about doing this interview you sent me a, a picture of you in a top hat and a nice uh, gentleman's coat <laughs> now do yeah. you want to get into how this character came about that was something that dusty was trying to put together for aiden english originally mm-hmm. he loved shit what the name uh gangs of new york and lincoln he just loved, thought those were great movies and so, which is fine. I mean, yeah, sure, great. Um, but he wanted somebody to have some sort of an, like an old timey fighty character. And so he kept saying it for Aiden English. Aiden English was doing like a dra- more drama centered gimmick, um, which was great too. I mean, that dude's super entertaining. They finally wanted to put it on somebody, and I guess it ended up being thought that I could fit that role. So the conversation was something about the stovetop hat gang or something something silly. I mean, that was just like his weird Dusty Rhodes nickname for something that's like clearly not going to be called that. Uh, or oh, the Lincoln Fight Club. The Lincoln Fight Club. Holy shit, I forgot about that. That was it. He called us the Lincoln Fight Club. Uh, oh my God, that's so funny. Uh, anyways, but yeah, so he was like, he wanted to do this thing, so we decided to kind of put these things together for um, 
his promo class and kind of see if we could make it work. And we worked, I think, some house shows together. Um, there are a couple of pictures out there floating around on Google if you search. There uh, are. What's funny is English. the most ridiculous tall top hat is actually not even a top hat. Uh, it was like a, a bowler that they had at like some costume store. And be, we, we drove around, me and him drove around Tampa for like two hours, maybe longer, to like every, any place we could think of that would have a fucking top hat. No one did. They only had like a costume store. They had like these shitty little bowler hats, like the little right, the the round ones. Top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did that and then we went to like uh, uh, Michael's and got like some stiff felt and just wrapped it around it <laughs> and glued it. And I, was, and I was like, you know, honestly, it, it kind of looks like a top hat. Like we can get away with this. I don't think either one of us realized how tall it actually was. And we saw it on camera like, wow, that looks a little fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I think that was like the first feedback we ever had a match. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Sarah Del Rey was the agent and she she came to she yeah you know this was good this moment we'll think about blah blah those tats are really tall and i was like uh yeah <laughs> yeah we're working on that part so <laughs> lincoln fight club it's almost like almost like a precursor to the, maybe the the vaude villains yeah. who are on tv now oh yeah absolutely no i mean that that is the character it, the, it was something like that i think the vaude villain part of it was a lot of a regal inspiration um when i got hurt they were still looking for something for that role, and that's when Gotch had gotten signed, and he already did a character like that that like Regal loved, and so it was kind of like a marrying of both of the ideas together, um, and that was you know that's pretty much the character that th- they're on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'm I'm way out of touch, unfortunately. I saw it on his Facebook though, and I was like, he so deserves it. Is that bitter old guy now? Yeah, these kids running around. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you know, uh, 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 in English, he's. Such a good dude. Such a good dude. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned getting hurt. This is a you had a, a neck injury, correct? Or is uh, it s- cue your- the somber music? Yeah, we'll, we'll add, add that in post. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I uh, I was wrestling a match. Uh, I took a weird bump. Uh, definitely felt something weird, um, but was like okay. You know, I mean, I thought in my in that moment, I was like, well, I can walk. I feel okay. It just felt really shitty. Right. Um, kept wrestling. Finished the match. A little bit of pain, talked to the trainer, wrestled the next night, a little bit of pain, a little bit of ice, stiffened up over the weekend when we stopped, obviously, because it was, I think it was like Saturday, Sunday off or something. Monday went in, like couldn't move my neck. Um, did some like PT and some, some you know, like whatever. Did just, you know, rehab therapy, like ice and massage and blah, blah, blah for like a week. And then I was fine. I mean, I, I thought I was fine. And then a few months later of wrestling, I found out it's quite a bit more serious. Yeah, was it a spinal stenosis was the diagnosis? Well, yes, Michael, it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a thinning of the spinal canal due to, you know, being dropped, unfortunately. So it, it, was, it stems from that one, or is it, or is it more like a cumulative type, type um, thing? You know, since I've been diagnosed, I've heard conflicting reports one way or the other. Uh, I think definitely that event, whatever was going on there, certainly put the nail in the coffin now whether or not it was a build-up over time or it was that specific event i actually legitimately don't know um like i said i've seen a few different doctors and a few of them did say like nope it's this one thing i you know who knows it's yeah it's not like something i can prove one way or the other or what i right. or would care to like it's like either way i have shit neck syndrome so it's like whatever <laughs> <laughs> so so they they had you on the shelf for a while right or and, and um when did they finally say you can't get in the ring anymore? Um, so I had talked to the when we first, 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 first reported for the performance center. 
it was like a Monday or something like that. And it was like, everyone show up business casual. We're going to have an official day. And then they had like a bunch of new talent come in, um, who was like waiting to start. And they started that day. We all came in. I think that there was a press conference that day. That might've been the thing that's like yeah, with everyone standing online. around it. Yeah. Uh, the rings or whatever. Um, and then like we did like some kind of fake ass workouts to like, you know, whatever so people could take pictures and yeah yeah. exactly that day or the next day i had gone to see the trainer and just said hey you know my neck has been bothering me i'm having this weird numbness um i'd like to just you know especially in that facility like do some rehab prehab stuff kind of strengthen the area blah blah blah. where is the numbness uh if i got hit in the neck or it happened a few different times like i i like dropped down to my knee in a match one time on a show and when I dropped down to my knee, I lost feeling in my arms for like 15 Ooh. seconds. Super weird, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like one time I was hitting the ropes. I think it was some sort of a drill and it was like a duck one and someone threw a line and it like kind of tapped me on the top of the head as I went under it. And that did the same thing. And maybe like two or three other times, it was just like weird things that like, I don't know. I, if, you're numb, if your arms are going numb for 15 seconds, you might want to. Well, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. I mean, to me, it was just like, oh, I probably have some sort of like a weird pinched nerve, like whatever. Like I felt fine. Like that's the whole thing. It was like, I have full mobility of my neck. I feel okay. I feel strong. I was going to the gym every day. I was going, you know, to class every day. I was doing shows at blah, 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 blah. So to me, it was like, yeah, it's probably this little thing. I'll take care of it at some point. And then that's when I went and talked to, um, the doctor or the the PT at the time she said hey I'm having these symptoms I'd like to do this he goes yeah yeah okay the doctor's in I think he took a look at it and he was like yeah I mean everything seems fine you have strength you have mobility because let's get an x-ray and an MRI just to be safe it's your neck let's not be stupid I said okay fine I let Bill know and Bill was like okay let's not you know have you train until we get it officially cleared just to I'll be just a pussy or something no. yeah yeah he slapped <laughs> me in the face he pissed on me uh, he made me eat a donut out of his asshole or whatever that was <laughs> Dude, did squats on the top rope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, did a lot of squats on the top rope. Um, no, uh, <laughs> I went on the jelly bean wall is what he liked to call it, which like legitimately no one knows what the fuck that means. But The jelly bean wall? Yeah, when someone got injured, he'd be like, yep, you're on the jelly bean wall. I was like, no one gets that, Bill. It's like a weird <laughs> thing that you say. Either way, does who cares? Um, and I think I wrestled on – well, I wrestled. I got beat up on TV <laughs> – that Thursday, and that was the last time. And then it was maybe three weeks, four weeks later, because it like took time to get the X-ray, and the X-ray looked okay. And then the MRI, and then they had to read the MRI, and they were like, "That looks a little weird." So then they flew me to Pittsburgh, and I had another MRI, a different one. I saw their like spinal person, and they're like, "Yeah, it could be this thing. I don't know if it's this thing. You seem okay." Blah blah blah. They read the MRI that time. It was like a whatever that is, where you bend your neck instead of just lay flat. Um, when they saw that, they're like, oh, that's bad. Don't, that's not good. You should never wrestle again. Yeah, you're going to die. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to die. Michael, you're going to die. We all are someday. Hey, that's the point. Come on. Long, so long a, time from now, right, guys? You're going to give me anxiety here. Malonis, you're going to die. No, never. 100% chance. 100%. Never. So on that note, so <laughs> did, so once you got that diagnosis, it was kind of inevitable. And and who's the one that was associated with WWE that told you, yeah, that's you can't do nothing. 
Uh, that day I remember very vividly. Yeah. Um, I was at the performance center. Uh, I was doing some rehab stuff and then I think I was going to, I'd been going to class still, obviously just, you know, observing, I would stretch out with everybody and then, you know, they would do their thing and I would just kind of sit there miserable that I'm just standing around and I went up to the locker room and I had grabbed my phone. I saw a missed phone call and I picked up the phone. It was somebody from the hospital. So I called him back and I went to the little like a little lounge and like a little whatever meeting room in there. And so I'm in the meeting room and I called them back and I talked to one of the assistants to the doctor. He, he was, he was in the thing. He's a doctor too, but like this doctor is so good. He's like got other doctors said whatever. I don't know. It's fucking weird. <laughs> right. Um, and he basically was like, yeah, so bad news. Um, you know, blah, 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 blah. This is better than me telling you over a ventilator, which is like a really valid point. Um, and so, you know, it's like, obviously you just don't want to put yourself in that risk and you know, one bad thing, this, that, and the other. Uh, so that was like, I think I sat in that room for like a good hour or two, just like not doing anything. Yeah. And then I didn't really know what else to do. So I remember I just, we were doing tape review that day. So it was Billy's class. We went down, uh, and there was a big group of us and we went into like the little, office and then there was like a little room where they had like a tv and so we popped in the disc and everyone's just kind of just chit chat bullshit like we normally do and i'm just like completely like just devastated like not you know what the fuck uh and then bill comes in and grabs me and it was bill and canyon were in the room and they kind of just said like yeah so did you talk to anybody and i was like yeah so that was that was a bad day yeah yeah that was shitty that was pretty bad but you know, but did I mean? I guess it, I mean it, really, it wasn't the total end of your journey with WWE. I guess because you ultimately kind of ended up in a well, and <laughs> a very undefined <laughs> role, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they kind of had like space for somebody. They didn't know what they needed. They wanted somebody to kind of help creatively, also kind of help just administratively. And so I, you know, had said, you know, to both of them, look, I, not for nothing, like, if there's anything for this company, like, please let me know, like, I'm here, like, what, you know, what the fuck? And Kenya was pretty honest. He's like, you know, like, most people say that and most people get a no. He's like, I'll give you a strong maybe. I don't know. I mean, we had a pretty decent relationship. And then I was still there. It was really weird because, like, I knew that. But I also was like, we're going to have you stay here and do some whatever PT, which is weird because you really don't do PT if you have an injury. And like, although I was injured, technically, I felt fine. And, you know, do you think some of it was like, God, we don't want to yeah, be sued. Yeah. We, yeah. Please don't sue us. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, totally. I, I would not be surprised at all if that played a small to very large part in that. I, I, I don't know. It's one of those things. I mean. I think they probably had a good idea that I got hurt in their ring uh, on their show with one of their talent. And, you know, I, 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 in all fairness, did have a very good relationship with everybody there. I was, you know, always on time and hardworking and kind of like one of those people like, yeah, we like, you're super reliable and we like love what everything you're doing. And then it was just like, ah, you're next shit. Bye. Um, so I think it was probably a part of both. Certainly the liability factor. I would not be surprised. That was like a large part of it. But yeah, I mean, it was just this weird, 
It was really shit. I shouldn't have. In all fairness, I probably shouldn't have taken the job just because of like where my head was at. I was like personally in a wreck, emotionally, mentally, physically a wreck. I was just like not in a good place at all to be doing that anything really that was like there's a new job. Jump in with both feet. The only way you're going to be successful is if you really go for it. And it's like I hate my life right now. This sucks. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that that. I don't regret doing it. It was probably still not the right idea. Like, I shouldn't have done it. I should have just been like, you know what? I need to, like, not. It's tough. You just get that taken away from you. It's tough to then have to stare it in the face every single day day? doing something you don't want to be doing while you watch everybody else do what you want to be doing. I mean, literally, exactly. It's like, hey, you know, come to this place that you really want to be and and watch everybody do the thing that you want to do. And, like... If, if, like, I had a dead arm or something like that, at least it'd be like, well, I got this dead arm. I can't do it. But I'm like, I felt fine. I still feel fine. Which, again, you know, knock on wood, it's like, that's great, right? Right. But it's just, uh, you know, it, it was, again, not regretting taking the, doing it and seeing more of that side of the business. Um, but, you know, definitely probably was not, like, helpful in any way to me. It was just, like, a, no, a new experience more than anything else. But it was definitely, I just... You know, mentally, I was just in a really bad spot. So was it kind of a relief when that ended? Or was it still uh, terrible? Eh, maybe a little bit of both. Um, it, it's hard to explain. Because it's like, and this is going to sound really bleak, and I don't mean it to be, but it's just, it's the reality of the situation. It was like the worst thing ever followed by like a brief respite and maybe potential followed by like a <laughs> kick in the pants when you're down. Uh, you know, I was going through a, a really bad uh, home life situation at the time. I was going through this. I had just moved to a new city. Um, and then it was like, you know, your career, your source of money, your stability in every way is gone. And now also this other thing that could have been a thing now that's gone too and so it's it's just like a it's a really helpless situation and really kind of like a, a groundless i think feeling like it was just like well what the fuck do i do because for the first time ever you know i think when you're on the indies wrestling and trying to come up you always have that i'm gonna make it or i'm gonna get there someday or here's how i'm gonna do this or if i can just get to this point th- there's goals right you're working towards something mm-hmm. at this point it had very vividly been just not like, hey, kid, you know, come back in six months with some new gimmick or, you know, get some, you know, dirt on your boots at the road or whatever. It was really like your neck is shit. We as a company, both morally and like liability wise, cannot do this. You can kill yourself. Um, so it's like there's no more light at the end of the tunnel. And it's like, well, do you go back to the Indies and risk that for literally? I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe you can make a living. I know guys make a living on the India. That's fine. But it's like, do you do that with the knowledge that I had that my neck is in a bad shape? Or does this like, well, I guess it's restart. And then it's like, well, there might be this little thing. And then it's like, yeah, there's not this little thing. So, you know, that, that, was, a, <laughs> that was a really bad time for me. I was extremely depressed. I was just, you know, again, I, I was just kind of like shut down. You know, I mean, it's, what do you do, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you're in a much better place now, though. Yeah, I think so overall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think... I definitely still entertain the idea of wanting to do something in wrestling. You know, I, I again, I, I, I'm plagued by the fact that it, as a competitive person, I 
constantly want to do these things. And although I don't really watch anymore, and that's not like a can't watch, it's too painful. It's really just like a symptom of just being really busy. Um, but you know, I, I'm still friends with a lot of people involved in it. I still see a lot of people who I was with down there on TV now, or I hear about it, or I see it on Facebook. It's awesome. Um, you know, and there's a part of me that's just like, dude, I feel fine. Could probably stand to get back in shape a little bit more. Um, but it's like, you know, I feel okay. Do I get back in shape and try something or do I, you know, just kind of let it go and move on to a next experience? But I mean, either way, you certainly mentally, I mean, I'm much better place than I was. Anytime I think something gets taken away from you rather than you just leaving on your away. own terms, like you didn't, and that sucks. Like when you, you didn't get to leave, you didn't get to say, I'm closing this chapter on my life. It was no work closing this chapter on your life for you anytime absolutely especially something involving a lifelong dream that's a tough pill to swallow yeah i mean and i think especially as athletes right i mean you know we we whether it's a team sport or an individual sport we're always kind of our own you know closed unit at some level right you know it's it's the work that we put in every day it's the dieting or the lifting or the travel or all of the above or any of it really the, the training and the dedication to you know again leaving on your own terms that's a great way to say it it you know and, and unfortunately, in this business, very few people get to do that, certainly on, like, really their own terms. You know, like, we're talking about, like, Shawn Michaels and, and Ric Flair and, and Triple H and whatever. You know, like, these people, like, yep, I've done literally everything. I have a million dollars. I'm going to retire. Like, great. But, you know, even, like, at an independent level, you know, to, be, to have been able to leave WWE and say, well, I'm going to go put six, eight months in and use the steam I have off this and have some fun and whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, I'm, Again, I, I very honestly, very, very much wrestle with that, no pun intended, every day. It's, you know, it's, that is, it's, again, it, you're right. It's tough to have it taken away. And it was done so respectfully, and it was done so for my own good, I believe. But, you know, it was still not like, come back in six months. It was like, you're doing everything right. We like you a lot. This is not, you're not good enough. This is not safe. And, again, appreciate it also. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, though, I mean, I, I, I hate to leave our listeners with, because by nature, it, people obviously listen to this, don't, I mean, some people, some of the guys listen who know you, know you personally, by nature, Marks. <laughs> <laughs> by nature, though, you're not like a miserable, sulking guy. You're not a bitter guy. You're not like, you're not a, you're not a woe is me sort of guy. So, I mean, if I know you, I, I'm guessing you and I'm sure we, we've had conversations and I mean, talk about the positives you took from not only being with WWE, but kind of the journey in wrestling that you have taken. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess that's probably <laughs> a good thing to mention. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I am like stupidly lucky to have been able to do the things that I did. Right. A lot of people, there are certain people who just like, they, they cruise into it. They do really great. They make money. They have a great time and whatever. It's like so rare though. You know, you look at Kofi's story and that's not a knock at Kofi. Kofi's fucking awesome. He's a good human being, same human being he was when he walked in the CTC, right? But like there's a guy who walked in, kind of got it in his own way, got a op- great opportunity, capitalized on that opportunity and to this day is capitalized. And that's so awesome to see. It's so easy to normalize that when it's somebody you know, but to realize like I am so stupidly lucky, you know, to have been able to wrestle for as long as I did, have fun wrestling for as long as I did, you know, get whatever validation there is in having the, the certain people who were nice to me and good to me and helped me help me. 
and have the opportunity to work with WWE. See the end of Tampa, the beginning of the Performance Center. See, again, you know, a lot of the guys who are on TV now, The Shield and The Family and Sami Zayn and, and, and the Vaudevillains and Enzo and Cass, like these are all guys I rode with. These are people I know. These are, I have experience with them. I watched them as they developed. I was able to develop with them. And, you know, maybe I got taken out of the game before I wanted to be. Um, but like, holy shit, I got that experience. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of guys who don't. And I think I owe it to myself to have a positive outlook. And I also owe it to everybody else to say like, look, you know what? Nobody is better or worse. Nobody is, you know what I mean? It's really just appreciate whatever you get. You know, the the famous saying of like the business doesn't owe you anything, but it really doesn't. You know what I mean? The end of the day, it really is just one big show. And the parts that work out and the parts that don't kind of just work out and don't. And there's reasons sometimes, and sometimes there's not. Sometimes people, I mean, we talked about Alex Arion. Look at you, Malam Malonis. I mean, for as much as you've done, I understand that you probably wanted to have been signed, but it's not because you're not good enough. It's not, it's wrong place, wrong time. You know what I mean? It's, you are clearly, are clearly still a talented athlete, still someone who is a great entertainer. And it's like certain people get lucky and certain people don't. And if you are fortunate enough to get lucky or you're fortunate enough to not get lucky, I think appreciating whatever that you have, I think that's just super important. Um, and again, as someone who was very lucky, objectively, um, I try to always look at it from a place of, I'm very lucky. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not paralyzed. That's like super cool with me. Like I'm really happy about that. <laughs> um, Us too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it would re- that would have like been so much worse. Interview would have been much more of a downer. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know what? We can't get the chair in the house. It's just like a big thing. <laughs> it's like it's not handicap accessible in here. I'm just saying it isn't. OSHA, it's like a big thing. <clears throat> Anyways, um, no. So you know, I, I I definitely do always try and ground myself in the positives of and the reality, which is I'm very lucky. I have some great experiences. I have some great memories. I had a lot of fucking fun. Um, I got to do a lot of cool things. And it's like, it, I, I don't know. Living without is like never fruitful, right? So I don't want to live without. So I, I guess, yes. Absolutely a positive experience. So lucky to have done it. And, you know, always a fun conversation when whoever finds out, you know, especially nowadays, they're like, wait, you were a wrestler? And then immediately they Google it and it's like, oh my God. And it's like, oh, you know, okay, at least I get something out of it. That's fun, right? <laughs> Look at that hat. Yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why is your hair so weird? You're so sweaty. You you were in good shape. Yeah, I know. It's like, who did you eat? <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, well, we appreciate so much having you uh, come by and do this with us. This is probably going to be a two-part episode at this point. All right. That's why uh, we do yeah. it this way, so we can keep Jeez, rolling sorry. with this good stuff. No, no problem at Gosh, all. We loved it. You loved long-winded it. bastard. Matt, yeah, I just talk a lot of bullshit. <laughs> I think Max would enjoy a... Uh, Good promo about nothing, Mike. What do you think? You think? You have time? Yeah, well, we're going to split it into two parts. So. Okay, might as well. All yeah. right. Oh, we're going to have to do a promo about nothing on that episode anyway, so might as well do it with Max. All What's right. a promo about nothing? So it's it's uh, it's our... You're not a big fan of the wrestling yeah, podcast about nothing? I don't do anything. I don't know anything. Of course, i listen to his episode. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm a mark myself. <laughs> so we, we, we find these promos on the internet uh, that oh, may be uh, not quite uh, up to snuff. Okay. This one in particular, uh, you have a vague connection to. I mean, this is from the second season of NXT, when it was still on sci-fi, though, when it was still like a competition show. But the man who is the subject of this uh, this promo about nothing is a man who stole your name. 
This man is a subject that stole my name? Yes. Oh, oh, name. Okay. You were you yeah, were yeah. Axel Keegan, and we talked about it in, in, yes. in NXT. And one night you were watching Raw, and uh, <laughs> yeah. this man, Michael McGillicuddy, came out, rechristened Axel, uh, Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel. And then yep. you, I think I texted you, probably a couple of people texted you, is yep. that, uh, yeah, get your thinking cap on. I don't yep. think you're going to be Axel Keegan much longer. And, yep. Uh, that was the death knell of that whole name. Yeah. So this was... Uh, a promo from Michael McGillicuddy. Uh, he had just lost in the uh, finals of the second season of NXT to Caval, also known as Low Key. Okay. Ready? Begin. Begin. There you yes. go. And uh, so he, uh, the thing with the uh, NXT competition seasons is uh, that they just handed them a microphone. There was no, there was no uh, script. So. This promo kind of probably didn't go as well as he would have liked. So let's take a listen to this uh, promo from, I believe it's uh, 2010. Michael McGillicuddy, what's going through your mind right now? He looks the same. Not at all. Thinking, thinking. Fucking Matt Stryker. I forgot about him. Oh, Scofy. He's so angry. I don't know what to say. We That's noticed. <laughs> him? Him? Stalling on TV. It's good. I don't know why you lost. You are going to go to a pay-per-view and have a title shot? You have got to be kidding me. That's gonna suck, I'll tell you that much. Valid, thank you. Doesn't matter what you think. Okay, here we go. You are nowhere near the level of Michael McGillicuddy. You understand me? Great. Ever since I started NXT, I had one goal. And that is to become a WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Has been put on hold, and um, <laughs> unfortunately, I got eliminated today. It's a lot of facts, and I lost my guaranteed shot at a title. But that is not going to stop me from becoming a future world heavyweight champion. See, I am the future of this company. I am going to be a big-time player in this machine called WWE. I am the next big thing. Oh, I am the next like generation. And starting this moment from now, from this moment on, this will be the moment starting now with the genesis of McGillicuddy. Yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. So, oh, that's, that's the guy that stole your name. You know, I mean, and he deserved it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he, I mean. Yeah, he is. He's given, a very nice guy. When given the proper direction, I'm sure. I mean, he well, can, those, those NXT, that original NXT show was freaking brutal for the guys. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. Like, I don't, I, I remember, um, Ba, 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 ba. Ascension. Um, Connor. Uh, Connor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So he he was on one of those original ones, and he I remember we were talking about it one time. He was talking about like some promo, some segment that they like kind of set him up for. Like it was like uh, clearly like, they're fucking with him. Like the whole deal is like it's basically like an on air rib, right? They're fucking with him on live TV. So like they set him up for this segment right before his match, and the way that they did it was they had him do a live whatever uh, bit. And then as it was being shot, they started to play his music, but they were fucking shooting it on the opposite side of the building. So like they made him, he finished it and they're playing his music and he had to like run across the entire inside of the building to get to the gorilla position and go out. It was some weird, like they just did shit like that. Yeah. As far as I know, they just were <laughs> fucking with people. I remember that like, yeah, the, the big thing for him was they called him like a rat face. <laughs> that was something that was on that, on that show as well. Oh man, that guy loves Toto. So, you know, aren't that's you a glad, good fact. Aren't you glad the, the time the, that you did, the by the band? time you did get yeah. there, this nonsense was done? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, what's weird though is like all of the experiences that we had training, like I probably would have done, a, I mean, at least like just giving them Getting a live microphone, I'm like, I could probably put something together, at least better than, I mean, well, I don't want to say anything. I don't know. I hope it I could do it. Could it be somebody going like, you got eight minutes, you got six minutes, you got oh, 12. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I think they did stuff like that, too. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not confirmed on that. I feel like I had conversations where they would, like, they would fuck with people. I mean, that was like the whole deal. Is like they wanted to put people through the ringer in a way that was like on display. I don't know if it necessarily that translates would, that, in a way that in no way, shape or form would ever help you as a WWE not, superstar. It's not quite entertaining. Yeah. It's a well, awkward I think, and off-putting. I think that might've been what they figured out. I don't know. Yeah. Yikes. Well, so if you want to check out the video for that promo about nothing, check out the description of this episode and uh, the link will be there. You can see the video. You can see Kofi standing sternly on the uh, ramp looking uh, very disappointed. Oh, that's right. They had coaches. Cuddy, yes. I'm like, oh my god. I'm anyway, that's the promo about nothing. <laughs> and uh, Max Bauer, you were an excellent guest. You wow. were an excellent person. And uh, we enjoy you very much and hope you come around a little more often. It's literally the nicest thing you ever said to me. I think so. <laughs> oh, easily. I, I, I knew it was being recorded. That's why. Fair enough. <laughs> you want you, what he's saying is he wants you to come again and eat his pizza. Mmm, pizza. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Max. Thanks, Max. Thanks. That will do it for us and Axel. Last week, Ivar. This week, Axel. Who you got next week? Drop us a line on Facebook and Twitter or anywhere else and let us know who you want us to share. And again, be sure to follow us on social media at the WPAN because we just might have something special for you this week. No promises, but um, see what I can do. So follow us on Twitter, Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and keep a lookout this week. Until then... My name is Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.